Coming up on episode 99 of Appetite for Distortion, our very special guest, Bruce McKagan, older brother of our beloved Duff. He's going to talk about a charity event that he and Duff are putting on called Renew Our Community. And also, Bruce is going to reveal why this is the happiest he's ever seen his brother in Guns N' Roses. Welcome to the podcast. Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 99. Superstar 99. Wayne Gretzky. I can't believe it. One more episode and we're in the triple digits. I believe Doug Goldstein is working on something kind of special for us to do for episode 100. (laughs) But that's then. This is now. I guess we can say we have two guests. No offense, Dallas Dwight. It's kind of, you're you're the co-host. And I got to say, Bruce is the main guest, even though you're both on at the same time. Because talking to to McKagan is like talking to a Kennedy. Whoa. There's more of them, though. Hey, 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 and we grew up Irish Catholic, so we're right there, All right, You're close. You're close. So, yeah, we have Dallas Dwight, who, I mean, you may not know the name unless you're, I guess, in local L.A. area, uh, because he's in the band uh, The L.A. Maybe. And I guess I have to say that with a question mark at the end, right? Is it L.A. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. So the band's named The L.A. Maybe, L.A. like Los Angeles, but we're actually based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, well. Oh, I have a Charlotte Hornet uh, hat in my uh, backseat of my car right now. Very nice. Yeah, it's old starter. It's supposed to be in the front seat. Yeah, see, put it in the front seat. <laughs> I had to wear my Islander gear uh, today because we just beat the Rangers. And I got to say to Bruce, congratulations on getting a hockey team in Seattle. We don't know the name yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan Duff's been part of that, so that's cool. He's been part of the hockey stuff? Well, he's a sports idiot. <laughs> Absolutely idiot. He used to write... Um, uh, articles for the ESPN and stuff. He's kind right. of yeah, a rock and roller, you know, of sports. So, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's I was fun. um, I was with him and our friend Jeff Rouse, also from Loaded, rooting for the Seahawks to beat the Cowboys because I'm a Giants fan, but uh, it did not happen. Uh, but I digress. So we're gonna talk to uh, Bruce McKagan, who is because um, we interviewed your brother Matt not too long ago, who was just one above Duff because Duff's the youngest, right? So we got Matt, then, right. you, then you? Is yeah. that it? Well, no, there was the, the six of us were uh, in front of those two. And then uh, it was about a good Irish Catholic family. And then about six years later, all of a sudden, Matty Duff came, came about. And so they're the two young, young kids of the family. Okay. <laughs> Matty Duff. Well, I, I appreciate uh, both of you being on today, and we're going to talk about, um, you know, a lot of things. We'll talk about Duff, of course. We're going to get into some fun rock stories and shotgun news in just a second. Uh, but Renew Our Community, Rock and Roll 2019. You may have seen Duff actually post this on, on his Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's a big event happening in, uh, in York, South Carolina, but there is some stuff for everybody because I know we have listeners everywhere uh, that we're going to get to uh, a little bit later on. Uh, but before also we get to Shotgun News, we got to thank Dallas for this. And this is something I've, I've put out there to the listeners, whether it be on 
social media or on the episode, you can help me build this show. I mean, that's the unique and beautiful part of podcasting. You know, I come from I come from FM radio, really, and it's so restricted. It's the same 250 song playlist. I mean, of course, there are some better stations than others, but you can get creative with it. However, the fans are involved. It's just that you're winning a prize or you know a fifty dollar dinner, a gift certificate to, to the local diner. So I put it out there, and Dallas inboxed me on Facebook that you know my band is playing with Duff in this event, and it's put on by his brother Bruce. I'm like, you know what? Let's make an episode out of that. So I, and then Dallas did all the, the the legwork, talking to Bruce, coordinating everything, and so I guess Dallas, in addition to co-host for the day, you're also producer of episode 99. There you so, go. So thank, thank you. you. Well, yeah, it's uh, I'm familiar with podcast world. I run my own podcast as well. So yeah, we can all use some help from time to time. <laughs> for sure. And, and and tell us before I I forget and we get off like truly off and running. What's your your podcast uh, name? Yeah, man. Our podcast is called The Musicians Talk Show, and me and my co-host, Matt Tolley, uh, interview great musicians, you know, virtuosos, people like Greg Howe, Chris Broderick's coming soon. We've had uh, Bumblefoot on in the past. I know your listeners will enjoy that. Sure. Um, and yeah, we just interview musicians, and then uh, aside from that, we actually do what we call talk shows, which is where we just sit around and talk about music and talk about trends and all kinds of things. So it's a lot like what you do, except it's not... Uh, Guns N' Roses specific, although we're such big Guns N' Roses fans, it almost seems like it could be sometimes, so... That's that's great. I mean, you want to talk about the the technical stuff because it's not just. I'm assuming it's not just talking about your favorite bands. I mean, yeah, they, they come the up. Show, but, mm-hmm. Exactly. Over time, it's kind of developed into. Um, we really try to give advice for for independent musicians and unsigned artists uh, to kind of navigate the industry a little bit and how to kind of um, you know it's it's rough out there sometimes for us. So we want to give back what what we've learned, which is admittedly not a ton, but we know some things and. Um, you know, give back to people that are coming up and may not know as much as, as even we do. So that's that, what it's all about. Right here. That's appreciated. I think I told uh, your brother, Matt, uh, Bruce, and I've talked about this with other guests that I've had, you know, radio is really difficult, but to be, but there are actual jobs if, if you can get them and they don't maybe pay well, but musician, it's, it's hard to like to sell yourself and that and being a stand up comedian, those are lives that are just, you know, t- from where Def, Duff, Def, where Duff came from, you know, essentially being a struggling musician to being where he is now. You know, maybe you can give us some insight later on of just well, the little yeah, Duff. Yeah, I certainly will. I certainly will because there's some interesting things along the way that uh, both Duff and I discovered. All right, very cool. So let's not a dilly dally. Let's get into some news. I don't know, Bruce, if you uh, were aware I had sound bites. <laughs> I, I am now, baby. <laughs> oh, and this one, I haven't played this in a while. I got to get more of it on the sound bites. This is uh, half your brother's, I think, favorite uh, word. And at the end, it just reminded me of something from the, the Ninja Turtles. That's pretty yeah. radical. Radical, radical. He says <laughs> radical a lot. And then I realize a lot of people say yes. rad on this show. So there's... I, all the way. All the way or nothing. Yeah, I guess so. And it's and I really do appreciate all the listeners who comment about uh, Shotgun News and how I do it. I mean, yeah, I, I just feel like I'm just doing <laughs> stuff to make myself laugh, so I really appreciate when it makes others laugh. <laughs> uh, so Shotgun News brought to you by Alternative Nation. Uh, these are actually, it's funny, how they tie things to Guns N' Roses. These are actual news stories that we're going to tie into uh, the Guns N' Roses. Uh, first one, uh, this is... I mean, this was in my not hometown. It's where I live now, Huntington, Long Island. 
Police said a teenager was stabbed in an attack by three MS-13 members from his high school behind a Long Island Burger King. Obviously terrible. Uh, you may have heard Mr. Trump talk about MS-13. What does this have to do with Guns N' Roses? Well, t- if you see the uh, the mugshot of the of the three assailants, the three MS-13 members, two out of the three are wearing Guns N' Roses T-shirts. Uh, I did see that. You just posted that earlier. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, <laughs> you could check it out. I mean, it's on the news. I think first reported by uh, the Huntington Patch, patch.com. Uh, but... But yeah, I just think that's really funny. Two out of the three, did the third guy not get the memo? I mean, I couldn't. T- yeah, <laughs> they must have been counterfeit T-shirts. I guess so. Or do you think they're just kind of wearing it like a, like a, like a Kylie Jenner would wear a, Slay- a Slayer T-shirt yeah, yeah. that it looks Sometimes cool? Like rappers wearing like ACDC and stuff. It's like you've never heard a song, dude. Or did they think <laughs> that guns? They're like, oh, guns wearing a gang. That's so cool. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad they're caught. So I don't know if they, they say uh, all press is good press. Uh, so, so yeah, guns. Maybe. Are, I guess so. <laughs> hey, Brando, it kind of relates to that. Do you watch Forensic Files at all? I do not. I do not, no. There's a Forensic Files episode where um, uh, this guy apparently listened to Used to Love Her and then went out and killed his wife. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think he might have taken that a little too literally. But it was just so funny to hear the guy, um, the announcer in his super serious voice, be like, he listened to a song by Guns and Roses. Like, it was just, <laughs> it was so funny to hear that on that show. It was so unexpected. All these little ties, and especially, you know, I, this, you might see like, people arrested in, in T-shirts before and banned T-shirts, but it's in my, my town. That's just so, I don't know, I just thought that was yeah. weird. I'm like, that's not me. I'm not in a gang. Definitely not in yeah. a gang. I'm more a chess club. I, I don't wait. No checkers. I don't know how to play chess. Um, also, <laughs> second uh, story in shotgun news. And you know, if you don't follow us on on Facebook and Twitter, please do so. Facebook.com/slash/theafd show or Twitter at the AFD show because we have fun conversations. So you know what? Maybe I can bring that into the news uh, segment because you guys have uh, great comments sometimes. So there was a, a story up in. In Canada, a Motley Crue fan blames Kickstart My Heart for speeding. Gets huge fine. Uh, We know we have a a lot of Canadian listeners. So Royal Canadian Mounted Police in Manitoba recently shared an image uh, via Facebook of a radar readout in which an officer clocked a motorist at 145 kilometers an hour. I don't know the metric system. That's fast. Ninety miles per hour. Thankfully, this article says it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, before a recent track uh, uh, traffic stop, in the caption, uh, the police said the man was told uh, told the Mountie he was speeding because "Kickstart My Heart" was on the radio. Uh, funny enough, our officer knew he was telling the truth since he was also listening to it, but just <laughs> at a much slower and safer speed. The post read so. Uh, a, that's just f- uh, funny in itself. But I asked the listeners: Is there any Guns N' Roses song, perhaps you've uh, been speeding, caught speeding to? And before maybe I, I read some comments and I get your your comments on. And I know right after I got my license, uh, back when you would still make CD mixes, uh, I, I was listening to Paradise City. And for those who live on Long Island, I was getting off. At my friends were in my car. I was getting off on an exit on the Meadowbrook, probably doing eighty five. And it's I it it was scary. I felt like we were going to be up on two wheels for a second. Uh, never again. I've really I've gotten good at cruise control. So there was a time I almost killed me and my friends listening to Paradise City. 
Uh, Albert von, uh, this is on Facebook, Albert von Blitzfeld, I can't read names, of course quotes, uh, it's so easy. Uh, thanks to Matt Rock for saying shotgun news, blues. Uh, Christopher David Buck, it's so easy. And sometimes the acoustic, you're so crazy. This is from, I think, Malaysia. I, Sid Menon said, listening to the Appetite for Distortion podcast. Wow, thank you. Uh, that's so that's funny. Garrett Smith, pretty much all of them except for the ballads. Uh, Maria Smith gives uh, Stevens gives a whole you know list. I mean, obviously all GNRs. Uh, Russ Robinson, our friend from my GNR forum, says uh, Paradise City, but only after the second home. Uh, after that, speed limits yeah. no longer apply to me. Uh, our friends at GNR Central said Coma. Uh, Pirate Steve, Reckless Life. So I mean, a lot of different. Oh, but I think that. I don't know if you guys can beat this one here. Uh, our, our, we interviewed him for one of our fan profiles. Uh, Thomas Love, he lives in Croatia. He told a story how he, he fought in the Yugoslavian War. And when he was going over the minefields, he had Appetite for Destruction in a cassette tape while grenades were being thrown at him. Whoa. So I don't know Whoa. if you guys can beat that. So <laughs> Any stories of you guys, whether it's GNR or just... You know, dry, what song makes you really want to go fast? Uh, I'm surprised nobody mentioned Patience. I, I don't know <laughs> what, what the problem is. Right? <laughs> Live 2017 electric version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that really ramps it up, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> no, no Guns and Roses and nothing for me, but my buddy's crashed his car three different times listening to Iced Earth. So maybe there's something there. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do I'm it. I'm going to avoid listening to Iced Earth. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's why I'm Yeah. <laughs> Ice to Earth, I mean, other than GNR, I mean, uh, Rammstein, or even just like some of the classics like Golden Earring, Radar Love still gets me, you oh, know? <laughs> so that does it for uh, for some shotgun news. News! So again, we're, we're on the line with, uh, with Dallas Dwight and uh, Bruce McKagan, and you guys work together, right? So what, how does your kind of story, because Dallas, you're, you're, you're younger, and uh, Bruce, you already established we don't have to do the math that you're you're older yeah. older than Duff. Uh, so older than Duff, yeah. So how do you guys? What's your partnership or friendship like? What was, what was really interesting. Uh, this was probably two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago. Um, a buddy of mine, musician, a uh, guy I've been playing for many years. He called me up one day and said, "McKagan, you got you got to hear this guy. You got to hear. It. You got to come down right now." And they were in the middle of recording with this with uh, Dallas and he was uh, the engineer and producing some of this stuff that they were laying down and, and it was a bunch of old rockers right in the room and Dallas is in the middle of these guys. And I hear this young guy that's telling these old rockers who, of course, all old rockers know how the, 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 it really works. Right. We right. Uh, all know exactly how it should be. And this young guy sit, telling them, uh, sit down, play this, redo this and tab at that. Uh, mix it this way, um, and it was Dallas. And I watched this guy manhandle about seven rockers in one room, and I went, whoa, i got to know this guy. <laughs> um, I will tell you this, um, Brando, that he is um, uh, one of the best engineer producers I've ever been around. Uh, the guy just has this natural knowledge of uh, not only hearing what's right, but also interpreting the people around him into what they're really trying to say, because we all speak the language so differently and uh, producing it. And then you get to the guy playing guitar. 
Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I found a way to associate myself with him just because of what he brought to the party. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, what are you 19 years old? What, how old are you? Just turned 26. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Close. You're making me blush over here, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have to hug it out because you you're right now. What are you in? Da- are you in Dallas's I'm studio well, right now? Is that where you're at? Uh, I'm sitting way over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're both together we're in my studio in uh, South Charlotte. Okay, very cool. Uh, that's that's awesome because I, I, Bruce, I have to imagine other than just you know being with your brother uh, Duff and and Matt's obviously extremely musical. Uh, that's high praise, and that's something that you must know what to to look for. Well, yeah, you know, I, I, let me turn the page back to something you mentioned earlier in the show, and that is uh, how tough, and, and you and Dallas were talking about how tough it is to make a living in this crazy uh, music business. Yeah. Um, back in the uh, back in the 70s, I made a living by playing in clubs up and down the West Coast. And um, and, and so that's, that's what I did, and that led to, to several other things that I all of a sudden um, – was uh, director of about 250 nightclubs and restaurants up and down the West Coast. And that's when I was living in L.A. And Duck was then making scenes about wanting to come down. And, of course, I was making a living doing this, and bands and DJs were making a living. And now we're talking the mid-'80s, late-'80s, and Duff wants to come down to to make his mark in L.A. from Seattle. And I told him, look at Duff, if you want to come here and make money, you got to play covers, you got to – you got to, you know, make sure that you're wearing the right things and all that's a big brother, right? Mm-hmm. Big brother. And Duff goes, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so he's down here. He was down in L.A. basically uh, pay to play. Uh, and, and it just was like a, such a foreign thing to me. And, you know, I'd feed him once a week and stuff. And he'd just be out there, you know, going to make it a different way. And mm. and our big brother was holding the net thinking that uh, parachute, thinking that he'd have to use it any day now, and he'd uh, obviously never had to. <laughs> I know that, that older brother thing very well. I'm the oldest of four. You know, not as quite as big <laughs> as your family, but I have the perspective of an older brother and trying to, you know, guide them but and trying to yeah. balance that because they have to grow on your own because that's what you did and you're not their parent, so to speak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, were you trying to to make it? Like, what was what was your uh, your goal? Yeah, you know, I um, I, I played in you know, a lot of clubs. We had albums out and all that stuff. But you know, it I never really committed myself to it. I I got out of college and and it was available. And you know, I was in a good band and you know we I did a lot of good stuff. And so we were this. Um, I never had an issue with with getting myself or the band booked. We played 51 weeks out of the year, mm. six nights a week, five hours a night. That's what that's what we did for nine years. That's a job. And, that's know, a, yeah. I made it. You know, I made it. Yeah. Oh, oh. Um, and and that was that was the gig. But it would never. I never saw myself as making it. I saw the princes out there and I saw, you know, and the Billy Joel's and stuff. And I, I knew that I did not have that. So um, I kind of went in a different direction, started managing bands and, okay. and booking bands and stuff like that. So that's, that's where I went. So no, I never had the stars. I'm enjoying life now because I'm, I'm writing musicals and producing musicals. And that's where D- Dallas came into my last musical. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so that's a, that's a, not me on the stage. That's me in the background um, and getting the right people on the stage. And that's what I've been doing the last 35 years is really find the right the talent to, to whatever stage it is to get them up there. Oh, that's that's awesome. I'm wondering, then instead of comparing the McKagans to the Kennedys, are you like the Partridge family? Because it just seems like you're also talented and musical is it just a how how did how did a guns and roses podcast get to the (laughs) partridge family how did you do that that's the beauty of my brain my chemical imbalance (laughs) that's why (laughs) (laughs) i love that you appreciate it right on yeah i do i do i do but i i think the answer is no Okay. <laughs> Fair. No. Yes. Yeah. I love that you said that was a question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I have to dig into the Partridge family a little closer to see if there is any matches. But well, yeah. I mean, I'm of course just using that as a fun analogy. But after talking with with Matt, you know, obviously he's just a regular citizen. He's been you know a, a music teacher for a very very long time. Uh, but then then talking about you and I didn't know your history. Again, you're not a a public figure. I don't go out of my way, just so everyone knows. I'm not going out of my way to try to interview all the family members of the Guns N' Roses. <laughs> I, that's, that's, yeah, you've got quite a few left, by, by the way, dude. I know. That, that'd be so weird. I mean, because I interviewed uh, London Hudson, uh, Slash's son, his first interview. But it's not like I'm looking for, you know, Axel's periodontist or Gilby Clark's, you know, babysitter. You know, I'm just—these things just somehow manifest. So then now talking to you, I didn't know you did plays. And, and so it just seems like a very musical— you know, I didn't want to go to yeah. Brady Bunch. I could have said the Brady Bunch Variety <laughs> Hour. I didn't do that. Keep trying. You keep trying. <laughs> that was just, it was a very musical family. My dad never, you know, he was a, a fireman and, a, and he painted houses on the off shifts. And he was very musical in, in just singing, but he never played an instrument. My mother didn't have a musical uh, bone in her body. And, uh, but, you know, I grew up with the Beatles and all of a sudden I wanted to be in a band when I was 13, 14 years old. And all of a sudden there are musical instruments all around just because I had people around that were starting to do that. And and all the kids after that kind of picked it up and wanted to be in it too. And it was kind of the McKagan thing. I'll tell you a funny thing about Duff. Um, I am left-handed. I was just about to bring this up. It's so funny you're doing this. I'm I'm (laughs) left-handed. And, um, uh, so I play a bass left-handed, right? Yeah, and it's and, the weirdest uh, thing to look at, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's it's fine. <laughs> um, anyway, so Duff, I, I mean, I was teaching all the kids under me how uh, to play, and Duff is left-handed. And I'm going far out. I finally get to teach somebody on my guitar. I get that. I get to show him on my bass, and. Um, I showed him, and this was, I mean, he was nine, eight, nine, ten years old, and I started showing him, and he was playing other instruments, drums and trombone, and and, and he just wasn't picking up on it. He just, and I, I didn't want to push him, I didn't, none of the kids. And um, about two or three weeks later, after I had a couple of, uh, of lessons with him, I, I was at mom's house, and, we, and I heard somebody playing bass downstairs, and I went, who the heck is that? And I went downstairs, and it was Duff, and he had switched the uh, the bass from left-handed to right-handed. It broke my heart. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's very ambidextrous, and you know that yeah. that's where that went. So it's so funny you bring that up because I have I'm left-handed, and I play guitar right-handed as well. And I've only met a few other people like that. And when you told me Duff was like that, that made me uh, that made me feel something. I don't know. I never but, even uh, thought about something like that. With, um, 
people that are left-handed because I feel like there's there's been some research where left-handed is they tend to be more creative. Yeah, I don't know how much that's backed up by science, but so one of the first things I notice about people if I ever see them right is if they're left-handed or right-handed. If they're eating, if they're doing anything with a single hand, I notice that immediately. So uh, it's really funny that you brought that up because I was about to bring that up. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're artistic. I'll buy that. <laughs> how many of you? How many of your whole family is left-handed? Just you two? Yeah, just two of us. Okay, that's interesting. Yep. When, how did he think to? Because I just used my right hand. Uh, what did he? That sounds weird at context. I have no idea. I have no idea how people could do it. I cannot do anything with my right hand. But I, what made him think to do that, though? I'm like, I'm thinking, like, if like flip it around. I don't know. I don't know. I what makes a person what, what makes a person bat right or left handed when they're one of the right. other? I, I don't know. I, he was too young to even ask him. I just and I got out of his way because I felt kind of bad about it. Like it was my like a sister Mary Amelia. Uh, when I was in, you know, fourth grade, was trying to get me to write right-handed, and I, mm. I, my mother stepped in and told her, "Don't do that." Yeah. Um, but um, I felt like I was Sister Mary Amelia all of a sudden, the duff, and I, <laughs> so I, pulled, I pulled back. <laughs> so. Uh, that's see, that's a, that's a you probably saved a couple hundred bucks on bases. I, I, <laughs> something, tells, something tells me you weren't uh, taking this conversation in that direction. How, what got us off stream here? <laughs> no, this is the, the direction I want. It's the actual fluidity of it because when you have an organic story, let it come out. That's the whole point. Uh, you know? Yeah, you're you're talking to two organic guys. That's yeah. sure. Then it's that's it's my supposed job to kind of just bring in the reins when it yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Need thank be you. so. I did want to tell you a story about uh, Slash and yeah. his son. So, you know, I, I, I've been with, with the guys and backstage with them all through the years. Because down in the L.A. days, I got, you know, what a great opportunity to see them uh, in the new days. And then as they're, as they're coming up stream with the Stones and all that stuff. Hmm. Um, so here I am with them. The last time they went through Atlanta – um, in this episode, and um, so Duff invites me back after yeah, they were in Atlanta, and invites me back after the show. So let me give you some insight on the activities of Guns N' Roses after the show. Um, so this we go the in there. Yeah, here's the dirt. You ready? <laughs> we go back, and Susan, his wife, is there, and so they're gonna have dinner and we go cool and they ask him what do you want and they're you know duff's got his own dietitian and all that stuff it's it's crazy and so we're we're sitting down having dinner and all of a sudden slash comes in with his two kids and they come in and eat dinner with us and the kids um are telling jokes that they've heard at school and um god bless them they're working on their jokes really hard, but here we are as parents trying to laugh with them and trying to get, and that is what happens backstage after a GNR concert. <laughs> kids telling jokes? <laughs> kids telling jokes. Yeah, yeah and, and, and parents trying to support their kids as they're telling jokes. Was it? Quiet, quiet, quiet down quite a bit. Maybe the punchline is really this. Yeah. <laughs> So is it just like they're they're bad jokes like popsicle uh, popsicle stick jokes like uh no no they're just told oh they're ins- insensitive uh, or, or ra- are they, were they yeah. racist were they racist it's, jokes 
he's trying to repeat a joke he heard, and he's not really sure what you know. It, it's, they're struggling with them, and they just <laughs> and, and parents trying to guide them into how to make it funny. That's all. Slow clap. Yeah, yeah. You know, a little pat on the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I will say, Bruce is a good guy to know when uh, Guns N' Roses comes to town, though, because he got us. You got us some nice tickets. Oh. That's that right, you that went too. Yeah, that was the well, that wasn't the Atlanta one. That was the Winston Salem one. <laughs> uh, 2017. I think it was like August. 18, well, some of the benefits were to be being the Big Brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it. Unfortunately, it's, it's one of the only times we get to see each other. You know, when we yeah. have something to do with, with music. Yeah, uh, uh, that's. It, it's interesting. Like, so when you were. Uh, like you, I guess you said you as like an example. Like you knew you were not going to be Prince, you weren't going to be a star, but yeah. and you were. Yeah. You, you to, pulled the reins off Duff. Think like he's doing his own thing. So now, obviously, you're enjoying being the older brother of a rock star. But at the time, what do you remember thinking? Like, what were you thinking? I guess well, was there any sort of? I was. I was excited because I knew they were good. But I didn't know where the money was for them, right? And I and, and he's living in the streets, and he had seven guys in a small apartment, and they have sheets between them that, that their bedrooms, you know, and stuff. And it's just like, oh, I'm trying to help my little brother. I mean, I love my little brother. We I got him a a gig to wash dishes at one of the restaurants that I was managing. You know, things like that. It's just like, ah, what do you do? Right. And you know, um, but you know, then I go and hear him, and I woo. There is a, a funny story. Um, what, there was one night that uh, Duff gave me a call and said, look, at, um, we're playing at a gig. Uh, I can't remember. It was on the strip. He says, tonight, Chrysalis is going to come in. And then when, when, when um, uh, Atlanta heard the Chrysalis come, they're, they're coming in now. But then all of a sudden, Geffen's coming in, too, tonight. And he said, do you know of any managers out there? Because we're not sure that we our manager is going to be able to, to handle this. And that would have been... Vicky at the time, right? We don't need to mention names. <laughs> so anyway, um, I I went well. You know, I I I I live in a different arena than this. And but I I gave a couple of my guys a call, and one of them said, "Well, I just can't make it. I'm too busy tonight." And another one said, kind of gave me an excuse. Um, uh, they signed with Geffen the next morning, right? I still from that manager that said, "Nah." He's still, he's Jewish, but he sends me a Christmas card every year. It's the nicest card ever. And then he says at the end of it, do you have any other brothers that are interested in? Uh, this is, what, 30, 30 years later? He's That's still funny. knowing that he blew it big time. <laughs> so, Wow, they uh, hang up much, uh, but I guess you, you never know what uh, yeah, life's you can't miss out on life's opportunities, never, I guess. Yeah, you never know. And, you know, Duff is really, um, I, I, you, know, you follow him now, and there's a, there's a part of it. I, I tell you, reading this autobiography, there was a lot of stuff in that that I did not know, and I'm sure you've read it. And it, 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 it amazed me that some things happened in his life that Big Brother didn't even know about. Like, for but, what, for example? Know, like, what, what, what really uh, surprised stealing, you? Stealing cars when he was 14 years old. I huh. didn't know that, you know. I mean, it's... You know, uh, there's things like that that you know, right there in the in the autobiography. Um, but you know, there's this another side. You, you know, 
I mean, he's done amazing work with his autobiography, with how he writes, with mm-hmm. uh, his um, financial management things, with all of the different bands that he's uh, been around, with his sobriety, with a fantastic uh, family life that he lives right now. Um, to you know, I, I am extremely proud of him for the things that are not necessarily uh, related to gun, Guns N' Roses, but sure. certainly that's a, that's the biggest part of his life other than his family. And um, he's, um, you know, uh, what, uh, I don't know if you've ever, Brando, if you've ever interviewed him before, but the guy's, not the yet. guy's uh, I've not. totally, totally legit. And, and as a matter of fact, I got to tell you this, uh, I talked to him yesterday. Because this uh, this uh, event is coming, so we're kind of talking every day, um, making sure we got our T's crossed. And he um, he said to me, "Oh, so I hear you're going to be doing this uh, uh, appetite for distortion uh, podcast." <laughs> and he, he says, um, "I said, yeah. As a matter of fact, I, how did you hear that?" And he said, oh, "No, I know, I know what's going on." And he says, um, "You know, they might be looking for dirt." I don't I don't know if I know of any dirt right now. You tell me some dirt, will you? Uh, um, so but he said to say hi. He said to say hi and appreciate it because, you know, he's um, pretty excited about this event com- coming up. And I, I have to tell you, um, we live in a, a little community uh, outside of Charlotte and that's never seen anything like this before. I mean, to get not only Duff coming to play, but Tommy DiCarlo from Boston right. and and Parthen and Huxley from the ELO uh, group, subgroup, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, some... Gary Hootie, Green from Hootie and the Blowfish. Wonderful guy. And, you know, I've, I've um, my life has been discovering talent, so there's a, a gentleman, his name is Quentin Bethay, who's just an incredible keyboardist, and a, and a, and a really good uh, female vocalist who's a songwriter and singer. And then you've got this guy, I think his name is Dallas Dwight. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that's uh, going to be playing guitar uh, in this thing, so... It's it's it really is going to be different. There's going to be an acoustic set that guys are going to play, and then they're going to rock and roll to get together. So it's going to be something else in a in a funky historic 500 seater in York City of York. Uh, don't drive too quickly because you might drive right through it. But <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's um, it's going to be something to, for him to to for all the guys to do this for the rock and then for for me and us. It's 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 pretty cool to do that. And I got to say uh, thank you to Bruce for inviting me because this is something that most guitar players would probably have to audition for or go through some sort of process. But Bruce Bruce was nice enough to just bring me on. And this was a year and a half ago that you said, "Hey, we're cooking something up, and you need to you need to play guitar for it." Oh. Um, and at that point, I, I think Duff was the only one that was on board, and all these other guys came on later. So. Oh, you got um, auditioned. You just didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. A lot of cats. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so being a part of this is going to be a, a thrill for me because, I mean, Guns N' Roses is the reason I play guitar. And, um, I mean, after hearing Welcome to the Jungle for the first time, that was it for me. So <laughs> it was. Uh, it's, it's a big honor for me as well. Uh, I mean, the fact that you said you're working on this, have been working on this for a year and a half, um, I can't imagine the blood, sweat, and tears you put into it. And I wanted, I want to get to... Um, you know, what brought you to, to do, put on such an event, but there is so much to unpack with what you just said, Bruce. I just don't even, my head's spinning right now. All right. So 
I, a, I, I've never interviewed uh, Duff. Um, it's funny. You know, I've been in radio, I don't know. I, I count college because Hofstra is the number one college radio station in the, in, the, in the country. So since 01, I think the most famous person I interviewed was uh, Nikki Six over the phone. No GNR members. I interviewed Bumblefoot. He was my first interview ever. Oh, uh, yeah? But th- yeah. this was right before Chinese came out. Uh, even though he's been on uh, Dallas's um, uh, podcast, he, he won't come on mine because it is somewhat is it's geared towards Guns N' Roses and he wants to move on. He's skittish of that for sure. How, uh, right. However, and this, I guess, relates to, to Duff, too. I, I've offered, I'm like, I will just talk Sons of Apollo. I will talk what it's like to be uh, a Brooklyn Jew out in the world because that's what I am. That's what he is. <laughs> so we don't have to talk about that stuff. Um so I have yet I haven't really reached out to any of the let's just say that the appetite five. I've tried Steven, maybe that'll happen in, in the future. Still working on that. Uh but that's you know, Matt came to be and that and that was he had to ask Duff's permission. So I thought that was just so cool, you know, that Duff's even aware of it. And it's the same thing how I mentioned with London Hudson. You know, I, I emailed them, their manager, of course he had to run it by Slash and Perla, and it was cool that I just think in my I don't have the the, the ego, or, or especially the radio ego, to think that these people are aware of me, other than maybe okay, son's permission or brother's permission. So the the fact that Duff is again aware of it, knew the name of it, was like you you should have seen my face. This is one of the times that I wish maybe we filmed this podcast. It went from <laughs> such a smile to they're gonna try to get dirt to such a frown, and and, and that's so funny because um. I, I that's why I, I told Dallas off the air like nothing I don't want to that's just not my my shtick that's not what I'm about you know I, I even say to people if there's anything that you want you know not to talk about tell me before you know because I, I don't want to step on a landmine by accident I'm just here to have a a fun conversation dirt is for other uh other places and and, and those some people might say uh because we're affiliated with alternative nation it's just just for exposure, they don't spread lies. It's just weird headlines, and if it's a, an article about my podcast, you know it's factual because it's people like Bruce talking. There's nothing, you know. I'm I'm not lying about anything. It's just people's stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, I well, mean, yeah, yeah, you know, with with Doug, I, I he doesn't know your podcast. No, no, and so I'm not offended. You heard about it? So he's just yeah, he's just saying what anybody would say imagine coming from their world too yeah yeah they're just you know, oh and i get it that's why i'm always so yeah, cautious yeah. and you yeah. can even so before you run away with it I, but i can just show you behind the scenes stuff when i asked dallas like hey if bruce has a picture with him and his brother that he's comfortable with sharing uh for social media when i promote the episode that's how i always frame it if you are comfortable but I, yeah, it's hard. I mean, how many people try to interview Duff? How many hundreds upon hundreds of interviews have he, has he done? Uh, who knows what's been spun in the media? What caused the friction in Guns N' Roses? That's just not what I'm about. So you could tell him after the fact that, uh, yeah, you and, know. And before yeah. uh, before we started this podcast, Bruce and I were hanging out for a little bit, and I was telling him that um, you, Brando, are, you clearly come from such a place of of love, particularly for the band that it's like you're the last person that would ever start something negative about the band that you start a podcast about. You know what I mean? Like, this well, is coming from a good place. Well, people do that, but this ties into what Bruce was talking about before. Because, Bruce, I'm pretty open and honest on this podcast because, again, I've come from the FM world where you can only talk about X amount. But talking about Guns N' Roses and especially 80s rock, it, it, it 
goes into addiction. It goes into depression. So I'm very open. I, I live with depression every single day. It's not as thankfully as bad as it used to be, but I see a therapist every other week. I'm in. Uh, I'm, I'm on 40 milligrams of Cymbalta. Uh, I, I talked about my, um, I, you know, without giving away names of my younger brothers, but they've had their hard times too, and it's very difficult to see them come through that. So I talked uh, with with Matt about what is it like, not to get dirt, but to kind of inspire to see where Duff came from. Now, I'm not even talking like you said, from Guns and Roses, like from uh, rags to riches. It's it's where he came from from such a dark place to where he is now, where he really is a role model. He is an, he is the quintessential, I think, role model of of how to fix your life, I think, of everything that you mentioned before with the financial stuff, with his family, you know, the business aspect of it. So not just talk about, oh, I love Duff. He's so cool. Guns and Roses. Rah. I, yeah, yeah, the fact that he's yeah. been able to get over it. And that's what I talked about last episode with Doug Goldstein because he works with an opioid uh, addiction uh, uh, charity now. And it's just where these guys came from and where they are now. And as an older brother, uh, I mean, Matt told us about an inter- intervention you guys tried once. Uh, that's got to be so hard because my youngest brother is uh, also, I think he's 12 years younger than me. And when he went through stuff, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't operate. I couldn't operate. Like, he's my, he's my baby. You know, you got it. You got it. That's that's my brothers. Um, I love them. I want to help them. Um, you know, it, it, it's really interesting. I have a son that's struggling right now. Sorry. And I've been talking with Duff and I just I, I let him know a thing or two. And he all he said was, what do I what can I do right now? Tell me. Tell me what to help. Help me help him. I mean, it was just like, uh, and there's something in family that when that kind of thing happens, when they, when there's a really an honest reach out to say, you know, how can I help it? You know, just like you were saying with your younger brother, it's, it's the same thing and it's, it's, it's great. So let, let me tell you, when, when Duff and I talked about the dirt and I said, Duff, I don't know any dirt, <laughs> um, but I'll tell you this, um, when they got together, I haven't seen him as happy playing with the band ever. Awesome, right? Ever as far as the reunion? with the, with the, with the reunion, ever. And um, I did ask him after you know I, I saw him the second time in this this uh, round, and I said, "So wh- why? What's going on?" He said, "Bruce, we've all grown up." Huh. And that was as simple as that. I think they all realized, Beautiful. wow, life is too short. Yes. And, you know, and, and Duff has always had a really good relationship with Slash. Slash is the kindest guy in the world. Um, he's, just a, he's just a wonderful guy. Um, I've really never known Axel. I've known Slash pretty well and my mom and his mom. And, you know, there was, there was connections left and right. Mm-hmm. And Stephen, you know, we had real connections there, but never with Axel. So I really didn't know the dynamic that was going on other than, um, you know, and I don't ask stuff about stuff like that. I just, it's just, it's not our business. And I don't, I don't, that, that's not important. Um, but to watch how happy he is now and just that is not, that it, I, I mean, I don't know when and if they're going. You probably you know more about them than I do. Let's put that <laughs> okay. You do. You know about more about them than I do. 
because I follow my brother. I don't follow Guns N' Roses. I mean, I love right. Guns N' Roses. I love Loaded. I love Velvet Revolver. You know all that stuff. But um, I I don't follow them every day. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know if they're going to go out and tour it again. But it certainly wouldn't surprise me because this last venture just kept going and going, and I think they all wanted to stop it. Just well, I don't even know. I don't. I don't even know. That's me guessing, speculation. So that's as much dirt as I have, baby. That's why I was cracking up at the beginning when you're like, "Oh, here's the dirt," and I was like, "Okay." I kind of just went along with it, not to interrupt you, <laughs> and then it just ended in a story about you know London and Cash telling terrible jokes behind the stage, and that that's what I want. That's just kind of what I'm all about. So, but uh, no, I'm not. I'm not uh, offended. It's just you know I got to keep working to at least see. The the name of my podcast came off uh, his tongue, but no, I want to continue to build a reputation. I said this at the beginning when people were like, why don't you ask certain questions? I don't want the reputation. I, I won't be able to continue as a as a podcast as a, you know uh, to get bigger and better interviews. It's just you know not what I what I'm about. If someone wants to share a particular story with me, cool, you know. But I'm I'm not out there, especially since like you said, and a lot of fans see it too, especially with Axel. The smiles, how happy they are. I'm not, you know, not that I ever think my podcast would have power to to fuck that up, but it's, you never know how stories go viral and things of that nature, but it's, it's just not what I'm about. And I think my listeners really appreciate it because they know they're going to come on here, you know, uh, and it's pretty much just going to be a, you know, a fun time. Uh, Might get some heavy at times, you know, talking about addiction and stuff, but it's never, I never never want anything nasty. That's just not what I'm, uh. Not what I'm about, because probably for the same reason Duff and, and and Slash, they came from a nasty place, and that's not the life I want to live anymore. And so that's not yeah. how that's not the broadcast I I, I want. So well, it may be worth saying too. I mean, the reason we're sitting here talking to you now is because I've been listening to your show since episode twenty. You know, off and on, I've heard most of the episodes, not all of them. But that's okay. Thank you. And um, I mean, we we wouldn't be sitting here if it was a negative place or, you know, anything I, like that. That's what I thought. And that's why I really appreciate, you know, uh, Bruce coming on because I know how guarded uh, some people are. Uh, I'll, I won't reveal this person's name, but I can't interview just somebody from the orchestra that played on This I Love. So one song on Chinese Democracy, this person played on one of the instruments and it's in her contract that she can't talk about it. Or I, well, I, I guess I gave away the sex of the person, but... Uh, so you just never know, and let alone a family member. So that's why I'm always very cautious, sometimes safe. So uh, I definitely uh, respect, you know, his um, his his caution, you know, about it. And yeah. just Bruce, you be willing to to do it, and right from yeah, the get go, yeah. you've you've had a great attitude. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal to him. He's never ever 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 said that to me before. And just now, now this is the only time. It's the first time that we have ever done anything musically together and put something on together. In all these years, we've done everything adjacent. We've written songs together. We've done, but we've never put on a show together. And so with that put on a show, you need to promote it. And so, you know, you start to stretch out and he knows that I'm going on air and, you know, and, and the, in the, in the region and doing that kind of stuff. And so I'm, 
And and that was the first time he's ever said to me, and I really wasn't saying about your show. He just kind of said across the board as you get into this thing. You know, there, you know a lot of people are looking for dirt. Um, and sure. I've I've never heard it out there. And and I and again I get back to it. I don't know that much dirt. I mean, the dirt that Duff used to, you know, be an alcoholic, and everybody knows that stuff. And right. Get over it. Get over it because it's over. Um, you know. So anyway. Um, uh, if you want to hear, hear some dirt on me, I'll be glad. To <laughs> <laughs> uh, before I, I, I let it, um, before I lose it, where, uh, what songs did you guys write together? Was it anything that became, you know, something that we would know? No, 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 no. We wrote one for after my mom passed away. Oh, okay. Um, and we wrote another couple of things. No, these were these were things that just him and I wanted okay. to do. Um, yeah, he's. You know, and we critique each other's work and and have fun with it. I'm I'm a huge fan of his writing. Um, I I just love to you know, go back and forth with that. He's supported the musicals big time and always wanted to know what what what's next and all of that. And and so I you know, but no, we haven't collaborated that much uh, with 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 specific music other than writing a couple of things. So I will tell you. Um, we went down to write my mom's song after she passed away. We we met in, uh, I think it was Austin, and he was writing a bunch of songs with country artists that that Chrysalis had uh, asked him to go out and and uh, collaborate with these different country artists. And so uh, I, I went out there one day. I had some music, uh, uh, some business to do, and then I followed him around as he went from house to house. Uh, wait a minute, Music Row, that's in uh, Nashville. That's where we were. Okay. Nashville. So <clears throat> we went, and, and he spent about a, an hour with them. He'd sit in there, and they'd throw, throw a song, and his objective through Chrysalis was to give that particular uh, a composition more rock influence, right? That was what he, so we'd go in and say, okay, wait, if you did this and this and this, let's try this. So it was really cool to do that. And then that night he said, let's go out some, let's go out some honky talks and just go out. I said, man, yeah, are you sure you want to go? You're going to get hit. And I said, yeah, let's, let's have some fun. So we went out to these honky talks. He'll kill me for saying this. <laughs> okay. Uh, so as we went from place to place, there all of a sudden was the lines of people that were following us, right, mm. from place to place. And the, all of them had bands. Finally, we got in about third or fourth places. There might have been about 75, 100 people following Duff. I said us. Ha, ha. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> the, the final place, the, the guy uh, on the band, the uh, main singer, um, stopped the band as Duff came in. And said, oh, my God, my, the, my dream of my life just walked in this place. I can't believe it. Duff McKay's there in the place just... That just screams and yells, and then they get back to the plane, and then all of a sudden, a song later, the guy stops again. He says, "Duff, this would be the honor of a lifetime. Is there any way you could come up here and play with us?" And the place went nuts, of course. Mm. And Duff looks at me and he goes, "Well, oh, whatever. Let's let's do it." So <laughs> up he goes. He grabs the bass player's bass, and they play like two songs, and the place went nuts. And he finally, he gets off stage, and it took him 45 minutes now to get back to me, right? Because now everybody's asking for autographs and all that stuff. Sure. He finally gets back to me, and he's, and I said to him, he looks at me kind of sheepishly, and, and I look at him, and I said, Duff, that was the worst 
I've ever heard you play. <laughs> and he says to me, yeah, what was that fifth string for anyway? <laughs> that is ridiculous. Now, are you a musician? I'm not, unfortunately. Oh, so you didn't get that at all. That hence the, the awkward pause. The, the, uh, the musicians that are, in, that are listening to this podcast are dying right now. <laughs> Some bass, Guff plays a four-string bass. Okay. Very popular in the industry right now are five- and six-string basses. And so it's just a music ha-ha, but it's like, yeah, what is that? You know, I don't play a five-string bass either, so I told him, I don't know. I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's funny. You'll get a lot of response from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll insert maybe a laugh track. <laughs> I, I just wanted to be respectful. I was like, yeah. uh, is this with a joke? And I, that's why I got into radio. I have no musical hey, ability. But even if you don't understand the joke, you should still laugh as the, uh, as the host for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a real person. I can't, I can't ah. fake it. <laughs> oh, no. Now you well, can chop that laugh and move it to the plate. Yeah. That, that, see, that is the producer in you. The new Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you, to bring everything full circle, because Duff has done a lot of charitable work and it's been inspiration, how did you get involved with uh, Rock and Roll 2019 Renew Our Community, which is going to be happening uh, Thursday, January 24th from uh, 7 to 9 at the McKelvey Center? Am I saying that right? You got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, uh in, uh, in York, uh, South Carolina. Uh, just going to read your, your flyer here. Once-in-a-lifetime event that brings legendary rock band members to York's historic McKelvin Center. You're invited to one-of-a-kind you're inv- invited to a one-of-a-kind experience featuring rock royalty performing an intimate historic setting uh, featuring acoustic and amped sessions, up-close and personal interviews, and a jaw-dropping live auction all on one incredible evening. Only 500 tickets will be available for this amazing event. Uh, tickets are available online right now at renewoc.org. So it's just the re- word renewoc.org. Uh, and uh, like obviously Duff's going to be there. We mentioned before Tommy and DiCarlo from Boston. Parthenon Huxley from ELO. What a great name. Uh, and great Gary name. Green from the reunited uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. I want to see them. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. And if people don't yeah. know, uh, Renew Our Community uh, is a nonprofit that services uh, ho- the homeless and impoverished of York County, South Carolina, uh, making plans for a much-needed fundraiser. Uh, so you're the executive director, and yeah. Yeah. and all the proceeds are going to uh, Renew Our Community. So how did this yeah. come about? How did you end up in South Carolina? Because we just heard the West Coast version Ooh. of Bruce. You know, how do we bring this all together? Well, um, let me let me do it in sixty seconds. Uh, 19- Take your time. <laughs> yeah, in two thousand, um, I moved the company Muzak. I was uh, an executive there. Moved them from their corporate office in Seattle to Fort Mill, which is right outside of Charlotte. And um, so that got me here, right? It got me here. So then, in two thousand eleven, I left uh, Muzak. And and at that time, I went, what am I going to do when I grow up, um, which we all go through. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, a purpose was something that was important to me. And I met uh, some homeless folks and went, whoa, what's this, what's this all about? And uh, I got very close to it. And um, I uh, 
knew that that's what I needed to do is play some sort of a role to help these folks who were struggling in their lives like all of us do. They just dug a deeper hole for themselves. One time I met a guy, I met a guy one of the guys that said to me, Bruce, I dug a hole so deep and I dug it for so long that I started decorating my hole. Hmm. Um, and, you know, it just really impacted me from a spiritual perspective, from a personal perspective, from a professional perspective. And in 2011, I uh, started getting close to that. And Duff followed every step of that. And we started talking 2012, 2013. Uh, one, one of these days, he's going to come out here. And um, he's, you know, I mean, he supports his brother, but um, he's been adjacent to that lifestyle, uh, friends of ours, family members of ours, um, you know, and, and so, you know, he's just, what's great about it, I mean, we we really love each other, but he's really excited about doing this thing. He's wanted to do it for a long time because of their extended tour. He just hasn't been able to to secure a date. We had a couple of you know tentative ones, but uh, so now, I mean, he's excited to the point. Um, you know, I he wants to know how this broadcast went, and <laughs> now I'm excited to tell him about Brando, about you, and this and. And uh, what you're doing for for the GNR name, but also just for for him, and uh, and I appreciate that. And um, you know, so you know, and and I do appreciate you putting us out there and getting and having Dallas. You know, you obviously pulled him in because he appreciated the work you're doing. Uh, so something's happening good here. Um, this conversation is good. Um, it's entertaining for me because it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's about my brother and we're laughing about it. You know, that's a, that's a good thing. And, and, um, we're also doing, doing something special about it. It's just not okay. Fine. But, and so I just appreciate your uh, listeners. You know, if you're, if you're in the area, there's about a hundred tickets left and all you need to do is, uh, go to renew OC, R E N E W O C dot org. And you'll find the tickets for sale there. Um, or there's this incredible uh, a table that was built. I think I talked about it a little bit. And there's a raffle opportunity with that with that table that was a Duff Rose McKagan, I can't even pronounce our last name, <laughs> uh, custom table set that is going to be featured at the event. But uh, you can take a look at it on our website because also the renewoc.org. It's also out there. So if you're out of the area, you can still kind of get involved with the duck thing and get involved with Renew OC. With rock, renew, we call it rock, renew our community. Yeah, no, it, it fits perfectly. Um, you know, just just thank you for for the kind words. And it, just being in New York City, it's, you know, I got to be honest, and maybe other New Yorkers can, can say, sometimes you just get desensitized because there are so many homeless people out there. And it, it's, uh, yeah. it's difficult. I mean, especially since some of the, you just don't know someone's story. You know, uh, it was several years ago. I think his name was uh, Ted Williams, like the baseball player. He was the man with the golden voice. That story went viral. Uh, he had a job with Kraft. I don't know if you guys remember that story at all. But, yeah. you know, you just never know where someone comes from. And that's what I always say about the Guns N' Roses members. You You just don't know what someone's going through. You know, and, and and all it takes is just some sort of help. And the, the way you, you said that uh, that person kind of phrased it to you, you dug a hole and you start decorating the hole, that's what depression is. 
I was yeah. decorating my depression. I was living in it, you know, listening to Estranged by myself <laughs> in my room in the dark, you know. But you, it's, it's, that's why it's so, so amazing that Duff is not just he's, – he's doing – of course, he's doing the right thing. He's happy to be there. He's happy to do it. But the fact that he, he knows what it's like, you know, that's probably why. He's like, I know what it's like. And he's been famous. He's been, you know, wealthy for a while, and he's still holding on to those – those roots of like I I know I know what it's like to struggle and and thankfully he had people around him like you Bruce and to to help him but not everybody is as, as fortunate I'm lucky to have certain family members to have helped yeah. me yeah uh, so yeah. that's that's what's so great about the McKagans or at least the, the the two that I've talked to you all seem so supportive of each other and man I t- I tell you again just being uh, the older brother of four and we're like the Ninja Turtles like if we didn't have each other who knows where we would be. So um, I just really yeah. appreciate, you know, your time and but, you know, more so what you're what you're doing. And uh, I'm glad that you are finally getting to do something like this with your your brother. And of course, thanks uh, to Dallas, because that's what this is all about. I don't want to use anybody. I wasn't going to be like, oh, Dallas, give me an interview with Bruce. No, let's let's do it together because this is a he's part of it. He's part of the story somehow. And that's how I build it. It's always that six degrees of. Kevin Bacon, GNR Bacon. So somehow Dallas is tied into that, you know, working with the brother of. So it's it's all interesting because you just everyone has their own story, you know, somehow. But here is just where we all meet because it somehow ties the Guns N' Roses in some way that we can reference, whether it be addiction or the Partridge family. We'll, we'll see where we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> You you had to go back there. I had to do it. It's the callback. It's the callback. It's the yeah, comedian in me. See, see, Brando, that was a laugh at you. See how courteous I am. <laughs> see, see, see that? A generous laugh. Thank yeah. you. I got one last story for you, Brando, if you got time. Yeah, no, of course. So um, I'm working with Bruce. We we uh, when we were in the middle of the musical, we were doing you know multiple sessions a week for months at a time. It seemed so he was over at my studio all the time. One day he comes over, we finish the session, everything's going good. And he says, hey, uh, come down to my car. I got to show you something. And um, that was weird because he ne- never said that before. So I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, all right, we'll see what this is about. And um, he, he knows, you've known for a while, how, I mean, probably talked to you right off the bat, how big of a Guns N' Roses fan I am and how important they are. I don't, I don't really knew that from day one. but Okay, but, well, yeah. it eventually came out. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to bombard yeah. with you on day one, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, so he knew, you know, how much GNR meant to me and, and how much it's formed me as, as the musician I am. So he brings me down to his car, and he says, uh, open the open back door there. And I open the back door, and laying on the um, the back seat is the platinum record for Appetite for Destruction made out to Duff. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, thanks for showing me this, man. He goes, yeah, just uh, just take that. Hold on to it for a little bit. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the story ends with it's still hanging in my living room right now. So awesome. <laughs> Very cool. How long has that been? Yeah, that's been uh, over a year for sure, probably closer to two. Uh, that, that, that's very cool. Well, yeah, I, it, it was in my garage because we downsized our house, and, and uh, I was uh, – I was thinking about Dallas. So anyway, he doesn't get it, but he gets to have it. I get the whole The deal is my mom, when she passed yeah. away, I got it from, yeah. from that, mm-hmm. that, and that's uh, very near and dear to my heart. So I definitely probably have added if I ever gave it away, but oh, I would never take it. it. But that was a very, uh, very touching moment for me. So wow. Wow. You're renting it. 
the GNR wow. listeners. I didn't realize. I just needed to get it out of the back of my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it means less. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here to help you. <laughs> oh, I love it. And you can hear just the, uh, you know, the friendship between you guys and just how, you know, it's so weird. Again, GNR in some weird way just brings people together. Uh, so it's just Bruce and, and Dallas, of course, thank you for your time and the time that you're going to give to this uh, events when it's, you know, when this episode is available, of course, we're going to put all the information uh, in the in the summary if people want to, you know, to donate or if there's any for the, sort of future um, events. So is there, uh, before I get to, to Bruce, because I guess you're more of a private citizen, but Dallas, uh, how can people, you know, reach out to you or, or check out your, your band? Uh, the sure, at Dallas Dwight on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I have a pretty Googleable name, Dallas Dwight. So if you Google that, you'll find me. Um, also, at Musicians Talk Show on Instagram, we're most active there. And then LAMaybe.com, like Los Angeles, LA. That's where you can keep up with everything I'm up to. It's it's mostly podcast and band for me at this time. So awesome, you and me both. So I, I Dallas, thanks for setting everything up. And and Bruce, uh, yeah, man. You know, is there anything that you want to put out there? If anyone has any, I mean, again, because you're a private citizen you can just say no yeah, go to you know i uh, right now it's it's renew our community that's that's right. my that's where my heart is and that's where my blood is and and uh, other than you my wife dear beth uh <laughs> and my kids brian and heather um yeah so you know you can if you're interested you can go there and and uh, ask for me and all that stuff but i just appreciate this brando this is this is awesome. This is awesome. I really uh, I, I'm going to tell Duff about it, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Never know. So never know. to never. put it out into the universe, I mean, I said the same thing to Matt. But if you ever want to be like in Dallas's role and be my co-host and interview Duff with me to kind of have like a fun, you know, radio experience, something a little different. Uh, oh, I, you want to try something? You want to try something really different? Get Matt, myself, and Duff. I there, mean, you're going to have a party. I would do yeah. it. I would absolutely oh, yeah. do that. Yeah, and you just stand back and let these knuckleheads go. I, mean, you know. I would do that. That's what it's all about. Again, it's not about. Um, and, and I respect, and that's why you know I I, I enjoy what I do because I just know I'm not of, of that that cloth. Uh, that I know I'm not out for the dirt unless you guys were, you know, talking about the old days of wiping boogie, boogers on each other when you were 10, you know. It, it doesn't, that's the only dirt that I want. I don't care about any of the uh, the other stuff. Or, you know, I've reached out to, um, uh, oh my God, Grace, because uh, I know the pink slips open up for, have opened up for GNR and Alice. So if you ever, you know, it's open up to, to you, Bruce, as well. If you ever wanted to interview, um, you know, Grace with me, if you're able to, somehow make that happen as well because I'm fortunate to, to have gotten uh, some good people on this podcast including yourselves uh, but sometimes the the it, the prize is too big that I don't think I'm on that level yet so uh, I'm just putting it um, out there I don't mean to sound too desperate but I'm putting it out there yeah. into the universe no, you know <laughs> a level level that's a funny word isn't it isn't it um, well, I, we, I'm, I just, uh, we're going to get bigger. This uh, the podcast is going to get bigger uh, this year, I believe, because iHeart. I mean, this is a podcast that's on iHeart Radio and other platforms. Yeah, baby. But iHeart, yeah, but iHeart has noticed it, and it's going to be one of twelve that iHeart's going to promote this year. So hopefully, you know, more and more uh, people find out about us this year because we're going to be on a bigger platform. So, you know, my, my company noticed it. 
they they think I'm doing a good job. So uh, yeah, you can tell Duff the there same. <laughs> so uh, thank no. you guys so okay, much. Okay, buddy. Okay. Good luck. Thank you so okay. much. All right, man. Talk Take care. Take Bye. Care. So that was cool. Oh, another one of the episodes, uh, or another one, inter- like an interview, I guess, didn't know how it was going to go. You know, I spoke, uh, basically, I was just talking with Dallas uh, off the air, you know, through through text, through through Facebook, through our, our, our Facebook, um, and kind of just used him as an intermediary, intermediary uh, to Bruce and just figured, all right, he's comfortable talking with Dallas. Because you just, as we spoke about in the conversation, you just never know who's going to be afraid to talk. And Duff said, please be careful. I mean, that's pretty, that's fucking cool as shit that he knows the name of my podcast. Or I should say, that is pretty radical. Right, Brain? It's rad. I got to play more sound bites. I might play more often. I get too focused sometimes on these interviews, which I guess is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, So we'll see what happens with that in the future. Uh, So thanks, uh, Bruce McKagan and in Dallas, Dwight, and of course, if you need any information uh, about the event, rock and roll, you know, whenever you uh, listen to it, obviously the the event is time sensitive to January twenty fourth. As uh, we're recording this, it's uh, January eleventh. I may put this out in just a few days uh, because I th- what do they say? Mondays are a good day for a podcast, and today is Friday afternoon uh, here in New York City. So, and I try to keep these things in real time. That's just the radio. Uh, guy and me, but uh, you can get all the information, of course, again on our Facebook and our Twitter and uh, just, that's it. That's it. I don't know where else to, to go with it. I mean, there's more uh, interviews uh, that we I could talk about, hopefully on the way. You know, uh, Rob from Volbeat did uh, verify again that that's going to happen. Uh, just got to coordinate uh, time. Um, another one, I, I don't want to... <laughs> I just want to say it out loud because I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I wanted to so badly. And that's Paulie Shore. Guns and Roses. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I got his, his management to ask if he was over the phone or in person. So that's – and that was the second email in the chain. You know, what does Paulie Shore have to do with Guns and Roses? <laughs> well, uh, if you – there was an, uh, an Axel reference in Encino Man, and he did a bit, thanks to Jeff from, from GNR Central for bringing it to me back in the day about GNR. Uh, and it's just the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, so I really hope Pauly Shore happens, because no joke, I'm a huge fucking fan of Pauly Shore. Uh, but regardless, uh, you can do what Dwight just did. You can help me book interviews, which many of you have done, and sometimes behind the scenes, which we haven't. I haven't gotten to yet and help me out with. This is our podcast. So I, I wouldn't be able to have gotten to episode 99 uh, without all of you. And I'm hoping uh, next episode will be, well, next episode will obviously be episode 100. Uh, but Doug Goldstein is, is trying to work on something special for us to do for episode 100. If it does happen in episode 100. I mean, timing doesn't always work out. But the next time we talk to Doug, he's trying to work on uh, something fun and special for all of us uh, to listen to and and people to talk to other than himself. That's all I'll say for now. Oh, and I did reach out to – I will also say because Doug Goldstein is my friend, uh, so is Alan Niven. Uh, They may not see eye to eye, to put it loosely, uh, but I reached out to to Alan because I haven't heard from him in a while. And, you know, it's the neurotic Jew in me. I'm like – 
I hope he's not mad that I interviewed Doug, you know, because Doug says a lot. You know, he on my po- podcast, it, it was more about uh, the opioid crisis and in in the drug days of GNR, and it wasn't. I mean, he did talk about Alan a little bit, but I wasn't really digging for that. But I know. Like Alan released a statement to MetalHeadZone.com to contradict some of the things that Doug had said on uh, his last GNR Central interview. I just don't get in between that. I wasn't there, you know. So I just wanted to reach out to to Alan and be like, "I still love you, buddy." Like just so you know, even though I'm friends with Doug, I, you're my friend. So he understands what I need to do, uh, and I just reiterated, it's just not what I'm about. I don't play sides on my podcast and if he wanted to he's always uh, you know uh, able to come on and rebut anything that that Doug says <laughs> on my show uh which he may I don't know if he'll take advantage of that anytime soon but he he may come on to talk about some other stuff later on in the future uh Alan Niven but uh he's great Doug is great uh I know they have issues I know some of you have reached out. Yeah, you should guys should you should get them on the uh, the podcast together. <sighs> I mean, there was a time saying that uh, you know Axel and Slash in the same room would never happen. Yeah, any chance you guys doing a reunion tour with a full lineup in the future? Not a this lifetime. So I just don't see that happening anytime soon. But again, y- you never know. You never know. I'm not really going to push that because I do consider them both uh, friends. It's very weird. Through 99 episodes, I would consider myself, because uh, we'll talk off the air with Alan Niven and Doug Goldstein, you know, f- getting friendly with, uh, I should say getting friendly with Roberta Freeman, but she's really cool. Next, She wants to visit me here in New York, was was apologized because last time during, over the holidays, she couldn't visit me. I'm like, you're spending time with family. Who gives a shit about me? But just it's that's cool. You're providing me these opportunities, all of you listening, whether you found me, uh, found us, this podcast on uh, the iHeartRadio app, on Spreaker, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on Google Play, on YouTube. The first 50 episodes are up there, uh, hoping to get, uh, of course, the rest and be caught up uh, sometime in the future. But you can just uh, get all the platforms out there so people can find us. And that's what it's all about. People find us in random episodes and go back. And I'm just continually overwhelmed with the, the positive messages uh, of support of of what I'm doing and what we're doing, I think. Because let's face it, most radio sucks. Most podcasts. I mean, there are a lot of good podcasts out there, but are they? Do they sound good? Are they well produced? Do they do unique interviews like we do? I don't know. I mean, I I heard didn't think uh, I heard believe, didn't uh, didn't think so. That's why they're going to help me this year because they like what I'm doing. And all of you have helped me keep this night uh, podcast night train a-rolling. So until next time, episode 100 next. Oh, my God. Maybe we should bring Scotto back soon. We're still friends, by the way. <laughs> Scotto, of course, from our first, uh, oh, my God, 39 episodes. That's when he left. Episode 39 with uh, Darren Mueller from uh, CKY. <laughs> Uh, crazy. So when are you going to see the next episode? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.